Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks, and geeks who are shaking up the $24 billion promotional products industry. This is Mark Graham, and I'm super excited about this episode where we dive deep into the soft and supple world of apparel, the largest category in the promotional products industry. On this episode, we feature a three-way Promo Kitchen chef discussion between Marshall Atkinson, Jay Bussell, and myself. Jay lends his experience as the Director of Marketing at Equipment Zone, while Marshall draws on his background as the President of Atkinson Consulting and the founder of ShirtLab. In both capacities, he offers coaching, education, and training for those looking to up their apparel decorating game. I hope you enjoy this dynamic discussion. Here's Jay to kick us off. All right. Well, I'm excited to have some time today with two fantastic guests. Mostly, we're going to put the spotlight on Marshall Atkinson from Atkinson Consulting. And as most of you know, or if you don't know, now I'll I'll be happy to share this. Marshall is also a chef with Promo Kitchen. So today is the rare combination of three chefs all on the same time. And we can't wait to chat more about apparel. And in a side conversation I got into with my good friend and mentor, Mark Graham, who is with us here. Hello, Jay. It's nice to hear your cheery voice. And Marshall, what an honor to be with you on the show. Marshall, how are you? Well, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on here today. And having three of us together is like the planets aligning. So it's going to be a good thing. Like an eclipse. (laughs) Let's jump right in because I want to talk a little bit about something that's been annoying me. And I'd love to get your take on this. Marshall, obviously you are our guest. We're thrilled to have you. So you are a wealth of knowledge and we're going to lean on that for the next 30 to 40 minutes. And I know Mark is the master at asking deep questions and being able to pull out some of these amazing answers in previous podcasts that I've listened to. So I kind of feel like I may be a little too amped up for this, but I want to know, I'll start with what's annoying me. And then you give me your take on that for this first question. So Mark and I started a discussion about, we have this huge promotional product pie and there's a giant slice of it that's dedicated to all kinds of different apparel. And I feel like from the promo side of the fence, there's not enough awesome education that's really trickling down into all of these promotional product distributors businesses. And so I'm not saying that there isn't great content out there. I just feel like there's some kind of a disconnect with the amount of education that's apparel specific for the promo field. So that's kind of what's been bugging me, Marshall. What do you think? You get your hands around this. You see both sides of the fence. You're on the apparel side a lot and you're on the promo side a little bit. Is that something that you see a disconnect in this education? Well, I would kind of agree with that. I think a lot of promo distributors, they're caught up in the sales end of things, not so much in the sharpening the saw end of things. And so apparel, there's a lot of variables with that. It's the garment, you know, is it what's hot right now? You know, tri-blends and all types of funky materials and thread counts and what are the garments made of. And then there's decoration techniques. So it's kind of like two plus two equals four, right? So Mm -hmm. if you really know, like the Samar catalog, like the back of your hand, okay, that's only half the equation. So what do you know about discharge printing or what about high density or how to do some sort of funky technique using gold foil or whatever? 
sort of that same shirt, but you're applying a different type of technique to it. And then that's something that people can go out and sell. So I think a lot of distributors, they get locked into this mentality where shirt plus logo equals sale. Right. And that's it. And they don't really explore all the things that they can do or how they can bring more bang for their customer's buck by understanding some of these techniques and stuff. And so is that the industry's fault or is that the distributor's fault for not spending the time to educate themselves? Because that stuff is out there. Yeah. There's a million videos. There's a million blog articles. There's educational opportunities at trade shows. Just going to your decorator and going, hey, what's new? And asking some questions. You know, you can say it's the industry's fault, but I'm going to flip it and say it's the distributor's fault for not understanding this process more. Hmm. I think what you also find is that shirt plus logo equals scariness versus pen plus logo equals an easy sale because of the nature of how most of our suppliers in the promotional products industry are set up. So if you're buying a pen, you buy it from a company like Polyconcept or Spectre or Liquimark or all sorts of great suppliers like that. 99% of the time, they're going to be printing a logo on that same product. So it's one purchase order. The distributor doesn't really need to worry about the kind of ink that Liquimark is putting on the barrel of that pen. That's Liquimark's issue, and they'll mm-hmm. do a great job of that. Whereas when it comes to a t-shirt, I mean, not only do you have to know what kind of t-shirt to buy, and there's all sorts of different types of t-shirts that are out there, but then you have to educate yourself on the decoration technique. And even if it's within screen printing, like let's forget about embroidery and tackle twill and all that stuff, even within screen printing and Marshall, you know this better than anyone, there's 4,000 different ways you can print the shirt in terms of the kind of ink. So a typical promotional products distributor salesperson will go, it's so much easier for me just to sell that pen. That t-shirt, forget it. I'll let the crazy people at ISS deal with that. (laughs) And I think that that's, I agree. I think that that's a real challenge that's holding our industry back. But I, like you, Marshall, I don't know it's necessarily the industry's fault as as much as it's the distributor salesperson's fault for not availing themselves to all of the resources that are available out there. Yeah, excellent point, Mark. And Marshall, fair enough. You asked a great question. Like, I'm not trying to lay blame anywhere. I think what I'm trying to do is bring light to the subject and then figure out, and maybe through this podcast, we can touch on various places or through future podcasts, we can talk about continuing this education and continuing these ideas and where to go and how to work with decorators, decorators who are maybe outsourcing and specialists at that. So you said, if I'm not mistaken, is it the industry fault or is it the distributor's fault? Well, let's take it from the distributor's angle. Where would I go? I mean, you said blogs and you said, so do I just go to Google? Do I say, I want to know more about rhinestones? I want to know more about specialty applied materials that are vinyl based. I want to know more about discharge ink, high density ink. I mean, that seems like I'm going off on this crazy wild hunt for apparel decorating techniques. Maybe there's a better place to go. Well, I think it all starts with your customer base. So for the distributor, who are their customers? It has to start with the customer. It can't start with the decoration and work toward the customer because then you're selling them stuff that they don't necessarily need. Good point. So if we start with our customers and go, 
okay, so my customer is X. Let's say they are a restaurant chain, for example, right? Because you're a distributor and you're supplying this restaurant chain, what type of shirts do they typically sell? Well, they sell stuff as a marketing tool to get away to customers. They sell product for their employees. They might have a giveaway. What can we do? So one of the questions I always like to ask people is, how are you using the shirt? Hmm. What is the purpose of this? What are we doing? And then we can construct, if we know how we're using the shirt, we can construct a whole series of programs and questions and things that we can do that's going to make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're doing stuff for the wait staff, for example, Mm -hmm. how can we have a shirt for the wait staff that they can wear? So let's say it's a Mexican restaurant. So they can increase their sales with nachos. No, tacos. Not nachos. Tacos. I'm sorry. It's tacos. So they got this awesome (laughs) Al Pastor taco they want to sell. Right, Jay? There you go. How can we increase sales? So can we print a picture of it? Can we print a QR code? Can we print something on the back of the shirt that says, hey, try the taco? What can we do that's going to make a difference for that restaurant owner or that chain that's going to increase sales? Because if we can increase sales for that restaurant chain, we're no longer in the business of selling shirts. We're in the business of increasing revenue. Yeah. And if we increase the revenue, guess what? We're now a trusted partner. And that's where we need to go. And so it's one of these things that we have to do is we have to ask, how are we using the shirt? And if we know how we're using the shirt, then we can start talking about what is the right garment? What is the right decoration? What is going to make the most sense? Yeah. And you can start down that whole avenue. What you have to start, and the funny phrase always is, you have to start at the beginning, right? Yeah. So what is the beginning of this process? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really imperative that we have a basic understanding and a basic vocabulary Mm-hmm. That we can whip out when we're meeting with a potential client or a current customer or whatever to say, hey, these are the things that you can do, and here are the reasons why they make sense. And then the decoration method is just part of that thing. So it's kind of like the difference between strategy and tactics. Right. You know, strategy and tactics of World War II is we wanted to defeat the Germans. You know, D Day was a tactic, the strategy was to win the war. So what we want to do is we want to figure out the overall strategy that we're trying to accomplish, and then what type of shirt, what decoration method, whatever, those are just tactics that fall within that strategy. Right. I think, Marshall, you make a great point in starting from the beginning and understanding who that customer base is. And I think that some distributor salespeople, I think, maybe overlook that. If I go back to my experience when I first got into the industry, I started off as a distributor selling specifically into this camp and school markets. It's where I had relationships. It was also a market that I had passion for because I was in those markets myself and I put myself in the shoes of the customer. And one of the first things that I asked when I was starting this business was in the realm of branded merchandise, what were the product categories that were important? And apparel was the answer that came back. And of course, I knew that because I'd been in those markets myself. And as a result, I focused my time and attention 
in becoming an expert in apparel and understanding not only where to get the right kind of apparel, because of course there's lots of different types that are out there, some that's fashion forward, some that's kind of nerdy. And so I had to find the right kind of apparel and then went further and then developed relationships with decorators that were able to teach me the difference between embroidery and screen printing at the time and the different types of inks that were out there, plastisol, so on and so forth. So that way I could then go back and serve as a differentiated source to these initial customers that I had. So it really was not intimidating. It was really more out of necessity because I knew that that's what my customer base wanted. And I think if you contrast that to maybe an example of a distributor salesperson that's intimidated by apparel is that they may be more of a generalist salesperson that is simply getting what their client's looking for, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the other way around where they're leading with a strong opinion about what their client should get. So I think that that's the shift in mentality that's really important. But Marshall, I'm so glad that you said that because understanding that customer base as the first step solves so many problems (laughs) down the road. Right. Hey, you could be a commodity, you could be an order taker, right? Yeah. Or are we order takers or are we leaders? Yeah. I'll give you one other little sort of riff on this. So an area of the promotional products industry that I have zero understanding of, and this is after 20 years in the industry, I do not understand the premium and incentive industry at all. Okay. (laughs) My customers, for the most part, don't order premium incentives. Now, I'm sure there'll probably be some folks that are listening to this podcast that may send me a note that says, Mark, your customers are ordering in premiums and incentives. You just don't know about it. Right. But we'll park that. But the reality is, is that most of the customers we're serving do not order that kind of product. So as a result, I'm not an expert there. I haven't spent time kind of chasing that. Now, if I were to go down that path, and I saw there was a huge opportunity for revenue growth there, then I would absolutely focus my time and attention on that. So anyways, Marshall, thanks for bringing that point up. That's a good point, Mark. That's fair. You go where sometimes your customers lead you, and that's normal, and that's natural, and that's nothing wrong with that. Right. So Marshall, here's another question for you. Let's transition a little bit to your work. Your work as a consultant, which is cool because you get to see from the bird's eye view, you get invited into lots of various different sizes and types of shops, of decorators, apparel decorators of every kind, of every flavor and of every size. But I'm wondering more along the lines of what are some of the common big time issues that those apparel decorators are struggling with that probably apply to all businesses, whether you're on the promo side as a traditional distributor, whether you are all in on decorating or some kind of hybrid in the middle. What are some of those big issues that you see on a pretty consistent basis? that you could maybe give us one or two that you'd be like, oh yeah, here's problem number one. <laughs> uh, well, I've got two right off the bat. And uh, <laughs> so the first one is that they have the same inventory issues that our distributor has. So when you call up Sanmar or SNS or TSC or whoever, and you're trying to place an order and they have a run on that particular shirt style, and they have to have all the shirts. Maybe they can't get everything in one order to the decorator. They have to go from multiple warehouses. Mm-hmm. That's going to affect lead time. Because a lot of times, you know, that thing is due next Friday. And we still need enough time to decorate the shirt and get it out. 
But what happens is our production time gets truncated because I've got to order shirts. I get most of the shirts here tomorrow, but the 30 mediums are coming from New Jersey and they're not going to show up till next Tuesday. Mm. Well, that means I can't start the production until probably Wednesday and the job's got to ship on Friday. That could be a big challenge. So it's really kind of understanding things and everybody has the ability to look especially if you're doing contract decoration or as a distributor, you're outsourcing the production to somebody, you can look and see, hey, are all the shirts available? Can I send them to them in one day ground or whatever? Mm-hmm. When will they get there? Okay, so we fall into this trap sometimes of pushing everything to the decorator and letting them solve the problem for me instead of just being partners with this challenge. So. That happens on a continual basis is probably one of the leading problems that we have right now is the fact that we can't get everything we need for the orders all the time. And I hear that a lot. That's a logistical problem that's probably not going to go away tomorrow just because we talk about it. Yeah, but we have to understand that. As distributors, people have to understand people need enough time to do the job right. Right. So if you've got a date, there's an event date, it's a trade show or a big, you know, open house or whatever you're trying to get shirts for, okay, Mm -hmm. just because you want them on that date and you didn't leave enough time for the decorator to do the job, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of an issue with everyone's fault, not just the decorators. Gotcha. So don't leave people hanging out to dry a little bit. And the other challenge that we have a lot of times is with their information. My entire career has been with contract printers who did things for the promo industry. So that's how I know all this stuff. I've seen a million POs come in and it's, hey, we're missing the shirt color. (laughs) We're missing the design. We don't have a ship to address. Okay. We don't have a ship date. It says 0000 on the ship date. So when is this supposed to go out? So a lot of times, if distributors want to do a really good job for their contractors, it's getting them all that information and not making excuses as to why you can't get that. And I've heard them all, hey, I'm sorry, but you know the system we use doesn't put ship dates out. Okay. Well, so what? Send me an email. Let me know what it is. <laughs> okay. You can't just give me blanks, zeros. I need to know that so I can do a good job for you. And so the orders that always go out on time and perfectly and just are awesome always are from people who have everything buttoned up. They have a system. Right. They have a system. They have a process. So if you've got any sort of challenges, if your decorator is going, hey, what's this mean? You ever get one of those emails? Hey, what's this mean? I don't understand that. That's because you didn't do a good job with clarity, with explaining what you want, with your expectations. Perfect. And I think that's a two-way street here. I'm not putting all the blame on the distributor, but it's like one of these things where, you know, if you do a really good job of giving that information, it's basically like a football and I can hand it to the decorator and they can go score a touchdown for me. You just made everything so much easier. And your jobs will always go out first because, hey, I've got everything I need. I can do it tomorrow. It's no big deal. Perfect. Well said. Mark, what do you think about that? Systems, how important is that? 
I think everything comes down to great workflow and organization. There's no question to my earlier point that a purchase order to a vendor decorator, like a Leeds, for instance, that has not only the stock, but also is able to produce is just easier simply because it's one purchase order, right? You indicate the SKU, you indicate what print color, the logo, so on and so forth. And that's just easier. When you're dealing with a typical apparel order, I know there are some exceptions. There are some suppliers that now do everything all in-house, but Generally speaking, when you're speaking with companies like Sanmar, with Alpha Broder, SNS, like the big apparel distributors, most of their customers are decorators. And so if you're a promotional distributor that's interacting with them, it's two POs. So one from Sanmar and then one to this decorator. So that in and of itself creates some havoc depending on what kind of systems you use internally, because now you're having to track down what's going on at Sanmar. What happens is Samar has a back order or Samar is out of stock. And then now that creates confusion with the decorator. There certainly are great systems that are out there. And my advice is that if you're a distributor that's looking to wrap your arms around the apparel process to make sure that you invest in some kind of technology that allows for you to juggle multiple purchase orders. The good news in this industry is that there's lots of great technology that's available now that didn't exist. I can tell you when I first started, (laughs) <laughs> and it was 20 years I was ago. Say 100 years that, ago? I, I wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't, you know, when you started, Jay, well, but clearly. You know, it, like that was, or, there were or when, dinosaurs or when Mar- that were still rolling right. the earth. Well, and Marshall would. But that was before tacos. Yeah, clearly. But, but the funny thing is, you know, I'm sure that this will resonate with folks that are listening. Like, we would handwrite our purchase orders because there was no way. Now, technology back then was a little bit more dicey, but handwrite these orders because it gave us the flexibility to be able to send off two different purchase orders. And now that's a complete joke, but you can imagine that that was extraordinarily difficult to manage production because you had sticky notes everywhere and just, it was a gong show. And I can see that system. And the only reason it kept me in it was because I had this customer base back to Marshall's earlier point. I had this customer base that was obsessed with apparel. And if I didn't sell apparel to them, I wouldn't have had a business. But if you're a distributor that is a little bit loosey-goosey on what your customer base is in terms of what you're focusing on, I could see how you would say, to heck with these t-shirts, to heck with these sweatshirts, I'm going to sell these one purchase order deals all day long because apparel is way too darn complicated. And it doesn't need to be like that because there's great systems that are out there that make that streamlined and easy now. I also want to say, Mark, there's plenty of contract decorators out there that will buy the blanks. Yes. So it's one purchase order. But, you know, they're going to want some money for that because they're essentially the bank. Yeah. Right. So if you want to save the money, you buy them. If you just want to deal with one purchase order, there's people out there that'll do that. And of course, they mark it up a little bit. Yep. And maybe that's okay because that's less headache for you. Yep. But all these contractors, they know what's popular. Yep. They know all this stuff. So if you find a good contract decorator and if anybody wants to know some, I've got a big list I'm happy to share. <laughs> yep. They can help you. They can come up with some ideas for you. You know, This is their bread and butter is helping distributors have something to sell and something intelligent to say 
when they go to that presentation meeting. Yeah, yeah. And because they know if they do a good job with that, you'll give them the business. Right. Yeah. Good point. Hey, let me transition a little bit. We were talking briefly about technology and not specific to just technology, but Marshall, maybe you could elaborate. I'm really, really curious about the disruptors. What is currently disrupting the apparel decoration space? Is it technology? Is it some new process? Is it a new fabric, a new way to print? What right now is currently making the apparel decorators, those contract printers say, oh shit? Well, it's been moving this way for a long time. And that's that everything is moving toward a unit of one. Ah. And what I mean by that is I remember forever ago, back when I was making my bones in this business, you know, we would commonly get orders for 10, 20, 50, 100,000 shirts, and they would go to a warehouse and they would sit in the warehouse. And then that warehouse would send them out to all of the satellite offices for whatever that client was. Okay. Now, guess what? That warehouse doesn't exist. So what's happening is that 10,000 piece order is now, you know, 100 orders of 100 or whatever. Or in fact, well, it's not even that. It's 10,000 dropship names on a list. And can you fulfill this for me? And they got to be out by the first of next month. And because what's happening is, and everyone's got to be different. And so how are we moving toward the unit of one? And we're doing that with more technology, more automation, so we can use variable data. We can use digital printing. We could use all types of information for that. And that's where a lot of stuff is going. So if you're a master of this technology and understanding this and mastering this, you're going to get a lot farther because you're going to be able to help your clients understand this better and the power of that. Yeah, there is power. There is power in personalization. There is power in one. But what do you think some of the contributing factors are? What's pushing that behavior? Why do I have to say, oh, shit, everybody just wants one instead of 10,000? Well, it's cost, right? So how much does it cost to have a warehouse and people? Right, right. But from the perspective of the buyer, the buyers are changing their behaviors? Well, I think they always have this behavior. Everybody is always evolving, right? right? We always want to go to the cheaper, the better, the faster. How can I eliminate steps? And so naturally, everything is going to be this way. I mean... I can imagine a future where shirts will be printed at your store. Why should I stock shirts when I can just print them in the back room? Because I've got the gadget for it, right? You know, Amazon is getting into that. They've got warehouses all over. They're now printing. They're making their own apparel. And they're making it as it's being ordered. Yeah, they're in a vertical way. You're talking complete from... Well, it's disruption, right? That's what you right, asked exactly. about. It's disruptions. So what's happening is this is going to trickle into other industries, right? And so how people order, how people do search. The big thing right now is voice. In five years, nobody will be typing in, find me a t-shirt printer. They're going to go, hey, Google, find me a t-shirt printer. They're talking. So right now, are you building voice search into your marketing? In fact, my phone just lit up. <laughs> it heard me. I have a Google Pixel phone. It heard me. And guess what? A whole bunch of t-shirt printers just came up on my phone. So that's what's going on right now. And so is anybody out there listening 
Are you looking at how technology and how disruption is going to influence your business? And what are you doing now to bridge that gap and just start failing and making mistakes and learning how to do it? Jump into the deep end. Partner, partnerships, partnerships. When it comes to one-off variable printing individual orders, and you're a distributor that does not have, you don't have the facilities yourself, are there resources or areas that you would direct a distributor that wants to set up those kinds of programs to partner with various decorators that could pull that off? Yeah. So there's plenty of contract printers that do that. So you got to look at their scale, like has somebody want, and I don't feel comfortable naming names on the show, but if somebody wants, who does that, they can reach out to me and I'll happily help them. So it would be similar to your contract screen printer who's used to doing volume. Now, maybe that same provider also has added new technology to be able to do a one digital print. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. There's plenty of people out there right now that are doing fulfillment. And I've been to these warehouses, these production facilities, where they've got digital printers, a whole bank of them lined up, and every single design, every single shirt is all completely different, and that printer doesn't stop. Right. It absolutely doesn't stop, and it's running two shifts a day printing. Yeah, yeah. Because these are the people who facilitate the orders for all those I mean, how many Shopify stores do you think they're out there? Yeah. They're selling t-shirts. Thousands, yeah. These are the people that are doing that because the people that own Shopify stores, they're not doing production. Yeah. They just want the payment. That's all they care about. Yeah. And so they've got 50 designs on their Shopify store. Somebody else is doing the production and they're turning within a day or two. Yeah. Hey, Marshall or Jay, I'd be happy to you know get your take on this as well. What do you think of the quality difference between traditional screen printing and digital. And let's say we're talking like a black Bella shirt. Okay. So something a little bit more premium and it has to be dark. Mm -hmm. Does digital really cut it compared to traditional screen printing? It does. You can confirm it or not, Marshall, but it does. I'm of the opinion that the last five years has seen the needle move significantly closer to exceeding the screen print. Now, there are decorating techniques and depending on what the customer is actually looking for, but in the simplest of terms to answer your question, yes, digital direct-to-garment printing has grown up, in other words, and to be able to replicate a full-color digital print on a black or dark garment is not only possible, but you can succeed and still be profitable. I would agree with that, but... Just like there are bad screen printers out there, right. there's bad digital printers out there. So it all depends on, are you partnering with a shop who really knows what they're doing? 100% agree with that. And Right. So for digital print, right, for that black shirt, it's the pre-treatment, then it's the print. And then what are they doing? And so if you don't pre-treat it right, the print's going to look horrible. Yeah. And of course, the shirt really matters also. So to me, the tighter weave of the shirt, you want something in 30 singles or better. Agreed. It's going to be a better platform for a digital print. Absolutely. So if you're trying to print on some cheap 
throwaway t-shirt, you're going to have a subpar result. Yeah. Well, Mark's question was if it's comparing apples to apples, it was a higher quality shirt. But yeah, Marshall, you're dead on. And that's true with any apparel decorator. That's true with any technique. You know, there are great embroiderers and there are poor embroiderers. There are people who study this and it's their craft. And they are, you know, 20 years into embroidery and digitizing and fabric and backing and tensions and thread and needles. And I mean, there's no variable that they haven't figured out. So they are truly experts at that. And so we can find that in anybody's, wherever they fall on that spectrum. We're going to see, you know, from somebody that's got zero experience that doesn't know what the heck they're doing to folks that are, you know, truly professionals and are engaged in high output, high quality output. So we're coming up close to our time, gentlemen. I, I still have another question. Maybe we can sneak this one in before we wrap up. So Marshall, you have done an amazing job over the last couple of years since I've known you of blogging and podcasting. You're very visible. You're all over the internet. One of the things that you recently were discussing about this concept that was really cool to me, and I think it has applications everywhere, not just for apparel decoration, not just for promotional products and swag, but the concept of reverse mentoring. You recently wrote a blog about that. You've talked to me about it personally in the past. Maybe you could share how does that idea fit? What can we learn from that? Give us some examples. Rewind back to the mid-90s. Jack Welch with GE. The internet was just now born. And he realized that, hey, this is a great tool. I've got all these senior people who don't know anything about it. So what reverse mentoring means is I'm going to find somebody who's younger, who already kind of understands this technology, and they're going to mentor my old guard, the executive level, the people who've been here forever with this new information. So we always think about mentoring as the old people teaching the new people stuff, whatever that is. And I think Promo Kitchen, as everybody knows, does a good job with that. What reverse mentoring is, is having the younger crowd teach the older crowd something new. So we want to understand, because this is the lifeblood of your business is with people who right now are 18 or 19 or 20 or 22 or whatever. It isn't old farts like me. It's with those people. And they think differently. They act differently. They use everything they know is on their phone. They do everything completely differently. In fact, they would rather not ever talk to anybody and just simply text them which is completely different how I think. You have teenagers too. That's what you're saying. You have teenagers. So Yeah. So look at my son. My son, Jack, is 15. Okay. He watches TV and YouTube at the same time. <laughs> so he's, he's watching, like he's watching a basketball game. Like he just watched the playoff games last night. Right? right. And while he's watching that game, he's looking stuff up on his phone because the announcer said something. Yeah, absolutely. My kid does the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. So what's happening is, they're understanding this and they're processing this information at a completely different level and rate than we did because guess what? We're the dinosaurs. So reverse mentoring is if you're a senior person in a company and you don't understand this, how are you developing new communication tools and new products and new thinking and a new way to shop, right. a new way to sell, a new customer base? That's going to replace your old one when they, you know, go away. How are you doing that? So that's the reason why reverse mentoring really matters. You nailed it. You crushed it. And I was also thinking 
as it relates to trends and styles and apparel decoration and things that that younger buyer likes. Their taste is different. So they're into a different look. They're into a different feel. They're into a different, you know, type of apparel. And it's not just t-shirts. We say t-shirts and apparel all the time. Like it's the only part of the apparel decoration pie, you know, in textiles. It's hats, it's jackets, it's hoodies, it's sweats. It's the whole thing. So they look at that and they have their preferences and they have their likes. And I think we have to be more flexible. So I loved that idea. And I'm, I'm really glad that you shared it. Yeah. So one last point. So the thing to think about is to not sell the ink on cotton. Like if we're going to talk about garment stuff, quit selling ink on cotton. What we want to be in the business of is selling the experience, is selling our knowledge, is selling the fact that we're experts and we can help you and we can solve problems. And if we can do that, you know, the decoration method is just a byproduct of that. And you'll be rewarded with more treasure than if you did it the other way. Couldn't agree more. Mark, anything to wrap us up with? I think that's a great way to end it. And at the end of the day, you know, if you've got a relationship with your customer such that you can ask them the right questions, you can focus on a conversation around what success looks like for them. If you can get them in that headspace, then the product you're putting into the, whatever campaign you're selling to them, I think is sort of secondary, right? Because anyone can learn the ins and outs of promotional products or apparel or importing or anything. The people in this industry are super smart. There's also lots and lots of great resources that are out there. Just even listening to this podcast, you think about the great community that we've all built at the Promo Kitchen community. If you want to learn about apparel, to be able to call up Marshall and say, hey, Marshall, I want to bend your ear for 20 minutes to tell me where I can go get this t-shirt printed because I've never done screen printing before. I mean, Marshall would have 17 resources that he could, he could distribute in that 20 minutes. And so the information has never been more available. The hardest thing in our business is not learning how to do screen printing or where to source a pen. It's all in asking those right questions to your customers so you can elevate yourself in their eyes seen as someone who can truly help move their business forward, I think the products are secondary. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.